You're Locked On The Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, and the Odyssey app. Doing so does not cost you a single cent and ensures you never miss another episode. On tonight's podcast, I thought there were a couple of orders of business I wanted to take care of. The first was talking about Winnipeg's current practice lines, what we might see on uh, tomorrow's preseason game, and then I also wanted to talk about a couple of current contract extensions and stuff because two of them actually have pretty significant uh, ramifications, I would say, at least for the Western Conference. After that, I'll talk a little bit about what I want to see Winnipeg maybe work on acquiring as we head into the regular season. I'll talk about my way-too-early trade deadline acquisition desires, forecasting one or two areas of need that Winnipeg might want to address before things go too far. First off, though, let's talk about the interesting transactions. A couple of days ago, Zach Sanford was actually traded to the Sens in exchange for Logan Brown and a conditional 2022 fourth-round pick. For the Jets, this probably isn't great news. I know that Sanford was a minor fan favorite for the Washington Capitals. Ever since he joined the uh, the Blues, he was okay, but mostly like a third or a fourth line winger. Not a whole lot of impact, not super impressive. You kind of know what you're getting with him. But in exchange for Logan Brown, this is a very interesting deal for the Blues. St. Louis has actually acquired a very solid middle six, big-bodied, moderately you know, skilled offensive center with some really good scoring upside. I don't think Brown's going to you know, light the NHL up necessarily, but this is a guy who, quite honestly, has been very effective at the AHL level and in limited NHL showings. He looks like a really quality player, so I think the Blues were actually very smart. They have fortified some of the strength down the middle, which, you know, they've got a couple of really great centers there. Obviously, they've got the franchise Ryan O'Reilly, and now they add another good middle six rotational option, which for Blues fans, I'm sure you can't really complain about. You upgraded on a position of need, you got a very good NHLer, and you didn't really give up much in exchange. The deals that hold the most ramifications for the Western Conference, though, are not involved in this Zach Sanford-Logan Brown swap. Instead, we turn our eyes to Vancouver. Elias Pettersson has signed a three-year, $8 million contract extension, while Quinn Hughes has signed for six years at around 7.7-ish or so, I would say, Um, and this is a very big deal for a couple of reasons. A few episodes ago, I said Hughes would probably be the guy that gets extended long-term between him and Pettersson, and uh, that actually has come to pass. Pettersson is a little bit more of a work in progress, and not necessarily in skill or on-ice performance, but more in relationship. You know, his, his desire to win and to be on a competitive quality team with a clear path to glory and ultimately a, a rebuilding plan that actually makes sense, I think all of these things are very important to him. The Canucks really haven't shown a lot of, I would say, forthright ambition in terms of being a team that's actually ready to take the next step. I see this past summer as a step in the right direction, but it's mostly clearing off the dead weight on the books. And it's not like they're getting away scot-free. They took on Oliver Ekman Larson's contract in exchange and hope that he is still a productive NHLer. So there's a lot going on there. You look at uh, Vancouver's defense, and it is on the aging side. I think long-term, this team definitely has some big questions. 
in general, it kind of seems like they got some longer-term deals off the books in depth players that don't really provide a lot of punch to the team. But for Petrushon, I just don't think it's enough. He's looking for real ambition. He wants a team that's really committed to winning, and I don't think that he sees this franchise as moving in the right direction yet. Whether he admits it or not, or, or says anything publicly, you kind of get the sense that he's looking for a change in leadership before he commits long-term. And I, I don't really blame him, you know. A lot of folks might say, well, that's not loyalty to the franchise, they're helping him get a career in the NHL, they're raising him to be the player he is, and in certain respects that is true. A lot of teams do a lot of stuff on the back end in terms of training, practice, housing, uh, getting familiar with your surroundings, all that kind of stuff as you settle into North American hockey. But for the Canucks, I also think that they have an obligation to him because, as you're aware, you know, your your prime is only so long. And I think Petrushon is very keenly aware that his best years aren't going to last super long. You know, they might seem a long time for us as fans, but for pro athletes, it's blink of an eye kind of stuff. So Petrushon, he's looking for a team that's really wanting to have the long term in mind and a team that by the time he's really at full steam, they're ready to uh, compete around him. Hughes, I didn't get the sense he was really looking for an out. It seems like Quinn is happy where he is. He's getting tons of ice time. He's playing a very fun, aggressive game. He's in a city that's probably fun to live in as a young, rich kid. And it doesn't seem super likely that he'd want to leave a situation that for him seems very cushy. It's a good place to be for him. He's getting a ton of minutes. He's showing off a fun, offensive-loaded game. And I could imagine um, quite a few teams would be interested in somebody like him. So if he ever needs to relocate, his contract would actually be very movable. You look at that cap hit and you think to yourself, well, actually, that's pretty reasonable for what you're getting with him. Yeah, he does have some defensive liabilities, and he's definitely learning the pro level even still, but as an exciting young D-man with incredible offensive potential, and to be honest, a, uh, a sky-high ceiling, I mean, the kid is absolute dynamite, and he's the kind of player that a lot of teams would love to build around. I don't know if he's quite on that level for me. I think he's like a top-pairing D, kind of in the vein of like a, a really good Jacob Truba, but... You know, if he ever re rebounds to where he was maybe a year or so ago, Hughes is going to be a monster on the steal. Petrushon, I think, is a, a little bit of a scary notion for the Canucks. I think they really want to lock him up long-term eventually, but they have to really show good faith and an honest plan for how to build this team into a true contender. Right now, it doesn't really seem like they have a clear shot at victory, and it's fair to argue that Petrushon's lack of commitment is a good sign that he kind of sees things in this light. You know, he's not really signing for a long-term deal. He's getting a ton of money on a short-term contract, so, you know, he's kind of saying, put up or shut up. Prove it to me that you are capable of elevating this team past where it's been. If things aren't better by the time the contract ends, well, he might be on to a new city. I would sure love for that new city to be Winnipeg, but, you know, a man can only dream. I'd love to hear your thoughts on the Pedersen and Hughes contracts. Let me know if you think that they move the needle for the Canucks or if you think, uh, like me, that they're in trouble. Tell me at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Speaking of the Western Conference, it is now time to pivot our attention to the Winnipeg Jets. And in just a moment, we'll take a look at some of the updated lines and current pairings that we're going to see, perhaps in tomorrow's preseason game. Before then, though, I thought you should hear about why Fantrax is your number one destination for all your fantasy sports needs. Fantasy hockey season is fast approaching, and I'm going to give you the inside track on the absolute best fantasy hockey platform in the industry. It's Fantrax. Fantrax's free NHL Fantasy Hockey League Manager is the most customizable, easy-to-use, and feature-rich platform around. Sign up for free today, and as a special offer for Locked On, Winnipeg Jets fans, you'll be entered to win an official NHL-signed jersey autographed by Nathan McKinnon. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash locked on and sign up today. 
Want to be a commissioner? No problem. Fantrax's commissioner tools allow you to create your fantasy league exactly the way you want. Do you want more player position eligibility? Are you a fan of head-to-head leagues? Points? Roto? Category? Best ball? Fantrax has it all. They offer all your favorite sports from hockey, football, baseball, basketball, college basketball, college football, golf, soccer, NASCAR, and so much more. Again, sign up for free today and be entered to win an official NHL signed Nathan McKinnon jersey. Simply go to Fantrax.com slash locked on and sign up today. That's Fantrax.com slash locked on. Fantrax, the home of fantasy sports. Hey friends, and welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Thanks for making us your first listen of the day. We're checking back in with the Winnipeg Jets, looking at uh, their upcoming lines and training camp groups as we head into this next preseason game tomorrow night. And uh, there have been some interesting changes, some of which I'm I'm interested in, some of them not really a fan of. So from the younger group, we've got Svechnikov, Harkins, and Veselainen on the line in that order. We've also got Isamont, Gustafson, and Johnson. Third line is Toninato, Perfetti, and Pagansky. And then the fourth line is Malat, Reichel, and then some combination of uh, Harold Zagel and Evan Poli. Right off the bat, already I can see Harkins at center being a problem because that's just not really what he does best. I know that he has played center, I think in junior it was, but in terms of being like an NHL center, that's not really where his best position is. He's the kind of player who thrives when somebody else is kind of creating space down the middle. And, you know, with how the Jets tend to ask a lot of their centers, especially defensively, I, I don't think that that's really Harkins' game. So I'm not really sure about this line. Uh, maybe Harkins can kind of smack around some other preseason players, but when it comes to actual NHLers, I don't really feel like that's his best spot. Veselainen mixing in there is kind of interesting. You now have two shooters in Svechnikov and Veselainen with Harkins down the middle, and I'm not really sure that that's, like, a balanced lineup unless they're kind of using Veselainen as, again, like a more forechecking presence. Not really a fan of that as much, but we'll see how it goes. Isamon, Gustafson, and Johnson together just sounds like a very grindy line, and I feel like Gustafson continues to kind of be miscast as a guy who's like only a defensive specialist. For once, it'd be cool to see him actually play with skilled players like maybe Harkins or Svechnikov. Gus the Bus actually has a lot more to offer this team, but right now it just doesn't seem like he's being allowed to get that chance. So not uh, not super in love with it, but we'll see what he can do. Um, you know, the, the third line with Toninato, Perfetti, and Pagansky, that line actually might click. Perfetti could probably make me look good, and I don't even skate. But he's actually going to have a very savvy player in Toninato, so I could see that unit working out. And then the fourth line, yeah, it is what it is. Malat, Reichel... Uh, some AHL winger, doesn't really matter who. There's not a lot to say about that. On defense, we've got Heinola and Noje, and then Gavanki, Kovacevic, and finally Chisholm and Lundmark. Uh, the second pairing is probably the coolest to me. I like Gavanki, and I think he's got really good offensive instincts. He's kind of rounding out his defensive game even still, so someone like Kovacevic might actually be a really good pairing partner. You know, somebody who can kind of clean up after him, maintain a really steadying presence, and allow Kavaki to do what he does best. From the veteran groups, we've got Kopp, Dubois, and Stastny together, which should be a really good forechecking and playmaking line. I think Kopp is going to actually finish quite a few more chances than people expect. Uh, you know, he's, he's maybe not got the world's best set of hands, but they work, and Dubois can kind of knock around heads down low, while Stastny will just keep feeding them from the flanks. And you can kind of interchange these guys as center. So there's a lot of versatility. I think that's a great line. It should be fun to watch. The other line that I'm not really uh, in love with is is Stastny, Lowry, and Nash. That's kind of an odd combo to me. 
I could imagine that Stastny as like a slower, maybe uh, playmaking wing to Lowry's brash physical nature down the middle is is like a fine match, I guess. But then you kind of throw in Nash, who's again more of a grinder. Not really sure about that. I personally would prefer Nash down the middle anyways on the fourth line. I think that's his best spot, and to be honest, the Jets can really rely on his defensive presence. And honestly, some okay playmaking skill. Not a ton, but enough to be at least a difference maker. On something like the PK, I don't really want to see him with Stastny and Lowry because that probably means he'd be getting a ton of minutes. So let's kind of keep it within reason. Maybe don't play Nash a ton. I think he definitely has value, but you also want to make sure that you're not kind of limiting some of your offensive capability with some more forechecking and grindy kind of players. But uh, I'm curious to know what exactly we see once we get into preseason again tomorrow. I could imagine that maybe Stastny, Lowry, and Nash will actually get a look. I do think Svechnikov, Harkins, and Veselainen will play together. That is a line I could imagine. Cop uh, Dubois and Stastny will probably get the nod as well. It wouldn't surprise me to see Stastny kind of moving up and down the lineup as Paul Maurice tries to find a combo that really clicks. I really feel like Harkins down the middle is not going to work out all that well, but we'll see. Maybe Sveshnikov and Veselainen can still kind of click with him and find some good chemistry. The defense hasn't really changed, except that we see Stanley and DeMello paired together for the first time in a while. Uh, DeMello can basically make anyone look good, so if Stanley gets played a lot, I'm sure that's going to be one of the main third pairings that we see this year. Dylan and Pionk are also together. And then finally, we've got Morrissey and Schmidt. Morrissey Schmidt for me thus far is going to be a little bit underwhelming. It's only been one game, but if Morrissey continues to look like he has over the past couple of uh, last couple of seasons, I don't really have a lot of confidence in this pairing being able to tread water at even strength. I think Schmidt can do a lot when he's actually given a, a quality partner who's not really going to be someone you have to be careful around as much. But with Morrissey, you kind of do have to watch where his positioning is and make sure that he's on the same page as you are. Otherwise, you know, there's often issues behind the net, even around it, and once you're inside the offensive zone, I would rather Schmidt be the one carrying most of the offensive activations. I think that kind of works out better, and it takes the pressure off of Morrissey, who's had to be, like, the main puck carrier for a while now. If he's allowed to be more of a supporting player, I actually think that would work out better for him and would allow him to open up space more effectively. Maybe he'll actually find some good shooting lanes, too. Anything that kind of reduces the burden on Morrissey's shoulders probably would do a world of good for him right now. We'll see how this team plays tomorrow. I'm curious to know what lineups Paul Maurice is going to trot out there. I'm sure we'll see lots of changes, but for now we're just going to have to sit on our hands. That doesn't mean, however, that we can't plan for the future, and in just a moment, I'm going to give my way-too-early acquisition for the trade deadline kind of requests. These are what I would like to see the Jets bring in, based on where the current roster is at and what I think will be a major need down the road. Before we get into that, though, I thought you should hear a little bit about why BetOnline.ag should be the only place you do your online betting. When it comes to the wild, wild west of online betting, you need to know that there's a safe, reliable name that you can trust every single time. That's why you should put your trust in BetOnline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports action. It's that time of year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the season. As always, BetOnline is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action coming up. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL Mega Contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL Survivor Contest open now at BetOnline. Go to the website or use a mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus. What's not to love? From football, basketball, boxing, and more, right to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait and take advantage of all the great offers available for the 2021 season. And as always, don't forget to use promo code LOCKEDON to receive your 100% welcome bonus on your very first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. 
Are you someone who loves protein bars? Are you tired of all of your favorite protein bars tasting like ash and dirt? Maybe you're ready for a change. And as a fellow protein bar appreciator, I can tell you that Built Bar is your best alternative. It's the only protein bar that tastes more like a candy bar, with a 100% chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. It comes in several delicious flavors like salted caramel, orange, cookies and cream, German chocolate, and so many other great flavors. Built Bar often releases very special, limited edition, limited quantity flavors that once they're gone, they're gone for good. So stay tuned to their social media platforms and their website to make sure you never miss another flavor. As delicious as Built Bars are, they're even better for you, with most bars clocking in at around 130 to 180 calories, 4 to 5 grams of net carbs, and 17 to 18 grams of protein. Built Bars are perfect for every lifestyle, whether you're looking to maintain or lose weight. Placing your order couldn't be easier. Go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 and you'll get 15% off your next order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Place your order today for the best tasting protein bar on the market. Hello, friends. Welcome back to this episode of the Locked on Winnipeg Jets podcast. Thanks for making us your first listener of the day. We are closing out tonight's episode with some thoughts on what I think the Jets might acquire at the trade deadline, or really what I hope they do. Uh, The biggest thing that I think they need, and it's probably going to happen before the trade deadline, is a real backup goalie. I don't know that any of the uh, the backup netminders the Jets can turn to right now are really going to do it. Mikhail Berdin is still very raw and young. Eric Comrie, you know, he's okay in certain situations and stuff, but I think the higher pressure, higher leverage, really high-end skill tends to be a problem for him. If he has to face routine NHL shooters, guys who are really good at what they do, we're talking the Kucherovs and Kopitars and players like that, I think we're going to see Comrie kind of struggle. As much as I'm rooting for him to have a really successful year, I'm just not banking on it, unfortunately, so I would like the Jets to have more options in tow. You know, find a backup goalie who can capably eat up some minutes, maybe put the Jets in a better position to rest Hellebuck, and honestly give us goaltending depth if and when the playoffs arrive and the Jets are in the thick of a really deep playoff run. You know, the Jets are going to have to rely on the guy between the sticks more often than not, especially when you have a defensive unit that's not really at like a high-end caliber. This defense is good, but it's not elite. So, you know, Hellebuck and whoever has to back him up, they're both going to be tested pretty routinely. I do think the Jets are still looking for like a really good center from somewhere. I don't know if they're going to try and acquire it at the trade deadline. I could see them taking a flyer on some kind of a rental, but I don't know what options might really satisfy the bill. As it is right now, I feel like Winnipeg's center depth is probably okay. It seems like Pierre-Luc Dubois might be ready to take a step forward, so if he's having a good year, the Jets have a number of guys down the middle that they can rely on. You know, you've got Shifley, you've got Pierre-Luc Dubois, Stastny can play center, Lowry certainly does, Cop can play center. You've got lots of guys who can man the middle, and it might be time to focus more on like a really high-end scoring wing. The rental market is going to be difficult to pry someone loose this year. I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of competition, so unless a really good scoring winger who's kind of on an expiring deal pops up, I feel like this is more of a luxury ask, and Winnipeg probably isn't going to bring him in. I think one of my other big needs, other than like uh, a goalie, is probably a right-handed defender. Winnipeg's right side is a little bit thin once you get past like the top two pairings. When DeMello went out last year, we kind of saw the team basically fall apart, so it's really imperative that the Jets have like a quality right-handed defender who can kind of step in. They might do this one internally, though, if they think Kovacevic can eat some minutes. I wouldn't really want to rely on that just because Kovi at this point hasn't really had like a lot of NHL experience. It's just preseason and camps and stuff so I'd be looking for an established D somebody who's a little bit better than the usual profile of player they bring in if the wild fall out of a playoff spot you know maybe you look at Kulikov or uh, somebody else like that 
Maybe Vancouver's Brad Hunt could be an option. I forget if they're either lefties or righties, but I believe Brad Hunt is a righty, and I think Kulikov either way has played on the right side before, so these are options you could call on, you know, and Kulikov certainly has experience with the Jets. I wouldn't be looking for the Jets to trade a lot of assets for a rental D, but if they can find one on the cheap that isn't too expensive and gives them some, you know, added depth on the back end, I'd be happy with that. Otherwise, I think the Jets are mostly set until we start getting, like, a lot of injuries. We'll see if the Jets really want to fortify their forward lineup or if they think that's okay. I think their first priority, though, will be in net and maybe finding one extra depth defender. I'd love to know your thoughts on who you want at the trade deadline or even before. Let me know at HL Living Loco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. That is going to wrap it up for tonight's show, though. Before you log off, don't forget to check out your second listen of the day. Betting on the NHL doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Lockdown Bets podcast hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's Lock of the Day. Follow the Locked On Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag wherever you get your favorite media. And as always, thanks for listening, have a great night, and go Jets go!